All right, so let's make it plain. Welcome back to Make It Plain Wayne, where we will entertain, we will heal, and we will build you up. I am Wayne, and this is Elevated Friendship. So I want to get into talking about soulmates. They're my soulmate. We were destined to be together because they're my soulmate. I couldn't live without my soulmate. We're together because that's my soulmate, my soulmate. <laughs> Tear, oh, my soulmate. So now let me say this right off the bat. If you are with your soulmate and you're happy, you are driven, you are passionate, you connect spiritually, you connect mentally, you connect emotionally, you connect sexually, financially, physically, one breathes, the other exhales, one exhales, the other breathes, whatever. If that's you, I am not talking to you. You have already found your pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You have found your El Dorado. You have found your heaven, your temple, and it is exactly the way it needs to be. If that's you, please uh, uh, please just go ahead and uh, do, do pass go. <laughs> you hit the free space, you can go ahead and exit now. But for those of you that have not found your soulmate, I am definitely talking to you. And, and the heart of this message really is not to pick on people that have a soulmate and is definitely not to be bitter and say, oh, I hate it. I hate the term soulmate. I'll never give in to the term. So it, it's not really that. It's just that I recognized after after seeing this thing play out in front of me that maybe we need to dissect that a little bit differently. So. I'm watching this in front of my eyes. People, two people go through the process of calling themselves soulmates and loving every minute that they have with one another. Their time, their energy, kissing, licking, slobbing, all that. <laughs> and then they're not together. And the person that, and I won't say that one is dumped, the, one is the dump E, the other is the dumped. I won't say it like that, but I will say it like this. When one person believes that the person that they're with is automatically activated with all of these special words, all of these special moves and this intuition and this chemistry when you think that that's activated because of you and then you see that someone else, uh, someone go out and experience that exact same stuff, that exact same thing that was exclusive to you, you kind of wonder, are, are, are they really my soulmate or is it just that this person is ready and able to give up and offer these gifts at will. You thought you were the person that made them laugh a certain way. You thought you were the person that made them feel a certain way. You thought you were the only person that got that gift at that time when you said these magic words or you put your hand a certain place or looked a certain way. You thought that was all yours. So I'm watching this event, life, a couple 
go through the process of being soulmates and drop out of it. And one person take pretty much the whole soulmate package down the street, build another home and invite someone else in. (laughs) So it got me to thinking three questions, really. How do you attract a soulmate that you would deem a soulmate that would be suitable for you, that would make you happy, that would fit? You know, the Cinderella type shoe fit, the new, you know, LeBron's, Jordan's, Kobe's, KD's, whatever shoe you like fit. So, number one, how do you find that soulmate? Number two, are you soulmate ready? And then number three, last but not least, how do you continue with that soulmate? How do you keep them and sustain that? What what are the oil changes necessary? The tire replacement rotation, the windshield safe light, the air conditioning, coolant. Do we need new seats? What if we party too hard? Do we change seats or do we keep everything exactly the same way? Because that's how it was when we got it. So how do you get it? How do you be prepared? How do you maintain it? Now, number one, like here's the hard part about this whole soulmate talk. If we're going to look for that soulmate and we're going to find that soulmate, what you cannot anticipate is how everyone will make you feel. What if... The person that made you feel the best looked nothing like your type. And I mean, just for example, let's say you have Billy from the Midwest. He was raised on a farm. I mean, he's 6'2", 220, all muscle, blonde hair, blue eyes. And he's been raised to go and find love in a specific type of way with a specific type of woman based on what his mom has said, his dad has said, his best friends have said, and he is having the greatest life. Now, he goes into the military. He goes to, to college and plays football. He you know, becomes a farmer himself. And the person that lights up his life <laughs> happens to be a redhead that's Irish. And this was not what his family told him to do. Or that woman that he meets happens to be a black woman (laughs) who's never been outside of the city, never spent a day on the farm, but makes his heart everything that he thought it should be and feel as great as it should be. What if she's Latin? What if she's Asian? What if she's Middle Eastern? What do we tell Billy about his soulmate? Well, in my circle of friends and what I've seen in life, we get really immature and we become haters. We drink that full glass, the full gallon of haterade. Man, hey, what happened to, you know, Kim? What happened to Jane? What happened to Celeste? <laughs> and as haters, we hate on that relationship with that soulmate. 
So finding that soulmate almost has everything to do with not just your environment, your friendships, but also your background. Because what if your soulmate is specifically dictated on your experiences and your outlook on life and not necessarily who's going to come into your life at random? Because, yeah, I could say this person is perfect for you. This is who you need to be with. But if it doesn't line up with your expectations, keyword expectations, if it doesn't line up with your expectations, what you were taught, what your environment is producing as far as uh, sex drive, uh, marital status, and expectation, keyword expectation, uh, it doesn't mean anything. What if... Just like the uh, uh, wheel of fortune, that wheel, what if that wheel spinning is what your soulmate is every day? <laughs> and and say your soulmate was on that every day and every day it changes and every day that wheel moves. So let's just say somebody is spinning that wheel And the soulmate that you're supposed to meet is on that wheel, but it's in a different day. So how do you synchronize and line up the soulmate for the day? Because not every day is the same. Car accident. You slipped and tripped up the stairs. Hey, can you hold that elevator? It closes. There are so many different things Even in your planned day, you know what you're going to wear in the morning. You know how you're going to brush and comb your hair, your teeth. You know what you're going to eat. You know the coffee that you're going to drink. You know the creamer. You know what, you know, Mountain Dew or you know what latte you're going to drink. You know your morning process. You know your evening process. You know your day. You know your work. The only thing you don't know is maybe the new clients you're going to take in or what's going to happen to you each and every time you go in and out of a doorway, of work, home, your car, the bus, the train, the lime, the scooter, whatever it is that you drive or, or, you know, transport on. You don't know what's going to happen, you know, during those times. So finding that soulmate, I think, is one of the most challenging things in the world. Me personally, what I would, if I could take soulmate out, I would say, look at your options. Does what you're looking for reflect what you are? Like for real, seriously. Does what you're looking for reflect what you are? Now, let me just say it like this. If I am a rock climber, and I get up every morning and do, I don't know, 500 pull-ups. And I think that the only reason in life (laughs) is to be a rock climber, I might not wanna, you know, start looking and dating somebody that owns and runs a bakery in Germany. Countries away, oceans away, cities away. Maybe I should focus on somebody that's in my background, 
that is about the rock climbing life that knows the ropes that you need, that knows a certain chalk, the certain shoes, where to climb, how high to climb, what's dangerous. So, I mean, that's a very, you know, pretty blunt example, but I mean, same thing as a martial artist. If I am a woman that is all about Brazilian jiu-jitsu, that is all about MMA, I don't know if I can really date somebody that, you know, studies aquatic life. Now, opposites do attract. I'm saying this and you're probably pointing at me saying, no, you don't always date what you are. No, you don't always. But what I'm saying is, does what you're looking for fit what you are? I'm using very extreme examples. You know, if I love fire and you love ice. Does that mean we go together? We might. But there are some things that I believe we do meet in the middle on. And I feel like that's where maybe we should be a little bit smarter on. Soulmate, I think, really pushes us to look at just the passionate, romantic, hallmark, lifetime, commercial aspects of what we call a relationship and dating. So like grabbing the back of each other's heads and passionately kissing and, and, and being, you know, vivid, strong, loud, and sexual. I mean, of course everybody wants that, but you don't necessarily have to have a soulmate for that. Ashley Madison proved that. (laughs) So if, if soulmate is about, public displays of affection and that PDA, then maybe you should talk about the person that you're with to get that. And and for those of us that know, in a marriage, if you don't plant it and water it, it will never happen. So instead of soulmate, maybe we start to look at, maybe does what I'm looking for fit my life? And does it run into me? Does it meet me and look me in the eyes? Like, I I don't know how to, uh, you know, <clears throat> do the job of an eHarmony or, you know, the online dating services. I don't have that database in my head. But I do know that I'm at the supermarket, and I run into somebody a couple of times at the supermarket. I don't believe in coincidence. That means something to me. And to me, that means a little bit more than the term soulmate because, hey, you're in my life. We, we run into each other at the same time. That's a good thing. We're like-minded. It's the same thing in sports. You bump into somebody for years and, and, I mean, we see this in the NBA. We see this in the NFL. Guys start talking and they're like, you know, at X amount of time or a certain year, our cap space is going to open up. We're going to have room for you. Maybe we should play together. Like, we're, we're already friends. Like, we went to the same college or we used to run into each other at a certain tournament. And this happens in basketball, football, volleyball, track. I'm a runner, so I know. Like, you can't hate somebody forever you can hate maybe you hate them when you lace them up you can hate them then but like once if you can't respect that that athlete was better than you that day 
you know, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe your your blood just boils a little bit different than mine. And I mean, that's okay. <laughs> but if it synchronizes and it works and you're already doing all the hard stuff, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're doing all the hard stuff already, you're working when you need to work. You're playing when you need to play. And you just happen to run into this person at the supermarket or... You guys just both happen to pick up puppies at the Humane Society, rescued puppies. Like, how much more soulmate do you need than that? If your time has synchronized with good things. And that's what I'm I'm noticing. We work hard. Like, people work really hard. And why can't our souls mate? Think about it. I think for a lot of people, what they really mean when they say soulmate is is a marriage. And as we look at marriage, it is now a, uh, a page of romance. Marriage can now be romantic. It wasn't always that. Now, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't ever seen the marriage vows that we recite in marriage in the Bible, the New Testament, the Torah, the Quran, maybe they're in there somewhere. Maybe I haven't found them. But if you do, please tell me. Now, the principles, yes, I do understand that. But verbatim, line for line. You, as a soulmate, if you get married, nothing you say goes against or can can trump outshine those marriage vows you can't say well they're just my soulmate so our marriage is complete you can't say that you got to go do the work which is i'm jumping ahead to the maintenance part but you got to do the work (laughs) marriage is a business let me just be clear marriage is a business at first where it was sexy to look at each other and run and, and play and play tag all, all, all the time. The, the engagement, everything before the marriage is sexy. The marriage is actually the business. This is where we learn how to reproduce finance, put the cruise control in and plant water and grow everything that we need. If I'm wrong, please tell me. But the marriage is the business portion, the gardening portion, the family portion, where you learn how to strategically do the things that give you the happiness, that give you uh, productivity, that give you great things. So how, how do you get soulmate ready? It's number two. How are you, how are you preparing for and and ready for a soulmate. Now, I could spend all day talking about this, but whatever a man or woman thinks, so is she. You know where I got that from. You know where I'm going. Energy is neither lost nor gained, only transferred. Energy. Our thoughts carry a, a, an electromagnetic current. 
That's energy. And what's funny is in our dream state, we carry these thoughts and this multitude of a world that's just open and boundless. We don't know when we're coming into the world. We don't know when we're leaving, but we leave our imprint on things. Some so well that we have monuments and streets named after us, neighborhoods, people named after us. So I won't get too deep into the stars and philosophical and chemistry, but (laughs) our energy and how we treat ourselves and what we project out of ourselves is very important. So how how are you soulmate ready? How do you produce a life, an energy, a force, an attraction, a magnetism. I won't say quicksand. I was about to say quicksand, but I was going to say bear trap. I can't even say bear trap. That's not right. I don't want to trap anybody. How do you produce that kind of energy that makes you attractive? Well, I'll tell you what. Being who you want to be, not to be confused with being a jerk, or being mean or being stupid, those are immature things. But being who you want to be, the person that makes you feel good, I'm not talking about hurting people, disrespecting people, snatching things from people, or you know, just random stuff just to make yourself feel better. I mean like, who are you really? The, 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 the person that is fun, the person that you enjoy being, the, the, the person that smiles, what makes you smile? What makes you feel good? Be that. Easier said than done, but be that person and attract the person that loves who you are. I'm, I'm serious. To see someone happy and attract someone while in that happiness may be one of the best things you can see. It's like the little field of butterflies just flying. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> it's, it's like being able to see the stars at night clearly. You go outside the city far enough and the world just opens up to you in a different way. You don't even feel like you don't even feel like you're on Earth anymore. You feel like you're out in the in the galaxy. It's beautiful. Work in your identity, please. If I, if I can ask you to do one thing, work in your identity, your happiness, your love, your joy. You can do that and not be a caveman. You can do that and not live in, in the bottom of a submarine forever. You can do that and not hide away from the world. You can be who you are and be great and shine in front of everybody. Shine. You can do that and also find refuge and silence and peace on your own. You can. We act like we can't because we feel like we're attached at the hip to certain people that make us great. It's not true. They're there to motivate us. We're not subject to them. They're there to motivate us and make us better, challenge us. but we think we're connected to those people. We think we have to be isolated for a whole year underneath the ground for a whole tunnel. Just get 
we get the chemistry right, we get the elements right, it'll be alive. We'll be, you know, well and, and we'll do it. You can do that. You can be isolated. You can be to yourself. You can be alone. But what if somebody needs you? What if that person, that soulmate, you know, okay, let's go with it. What if that person needs to see you out there? What if they just need to see you shine? I just, God, I come to this park every day. I walk my dog. I come to this park every day. Man, I just, I would really love to run into somebody, meet somebody new. Just somebody that had a shine. And what if you see that person eating food, walking and talking, grabbing a snack in a random place? You're walking through the park. You see that person walk out with a new pair of shoes. You see that person walking out with a new puppy. You see that person walking out with a, a new vegan treat, vegan snack, vegan restaurant. Or you see that person walking out of the rock climbing place. You see that person walking out of the barbershop, lined up, faded, looking great. The salon, wherever it is, you got to come out. I don't know what it is about good people, but good people go through stuff and lock themselves in the basement. They chain themselves up on the outside and the inside. And then we wonder why the jerks and the aggressive people and the women we call bitchy always get the good men all or the women always, you know, men always get the, the good women. It's because the good people get beat up, we get hurt, we get scratched, and we hide. And we don't understand a valuable principle that the nasty, greedy, hungry, whatever people, we don't understand the principle that they understood from day one. You got to keep reaching, grabbing, and snatching, and fighting for this thing. If you want it, come fight for it and come get it and learn how to get it. Don't write a letter. Don't write a note. This isn't the 80s and the 90s anymore. This isn't Breakfast Club. This isn't uh, uh, Can't Hardly Wait. Uh, Those 80s, 90s rom-coms. You wrote a letter and you told a woman, you told a boy how you felt about them and you poured all your feelings into a letter. Well, what if that letter gets burnt? What if that letter isn't received well? What if you don't get the reaction from that letter that you thought you would? A letter is meaningful. A letter is great. But the consistency of being in someone's face and telling them how you feel and knowing how to interact with somebody is so much better to me than somebody leaving it up to a term called soulmate. Do you know how to interact with me? Do you know how to talk to me? If we had more people learning that, we wouldn't have to be lazy and rest on the term soulmate. Somebody that comes prepackaged for all of our goodness and love and joy. Well, what if my packaging, my coding, my DNA was prepared to handle you, no matter who you are? Now, is that a lot of pressure? I don't think so. What I'm saying is, are we prepared to offer our best self and do the best for that person in front of us? Can we work on some relationship skills? Can we read some books? 
Can we understand where maybe we're wrong or we're the common denominator? Maybe where we're going wrong in this thing and how to do better? Nobody's perfect. Don't assume you're perfect. Don't assume that everybody is wrong and you're right. If you're the common denominator and you keep dating bad people, it's going to look like everybody's just beating up on you when really you have to be the one to sit yourself on the bench and say, never again will I willingly participate in this garbage. I need this level of person in my life. So that's what I'm going after. And if you aren't on that level to get that, guess what? You can get that. You can be ready. You can be prepared. There's nothing wrong with doing little work. Hey, I got to clip my toenails. (laughs) I got a callus I need to file down. Maybe I need to do some manscaping. Maybe I need to clean up. Little cologne. Shave the taco meat. Maybe I got too much chest hair. Is that scaring women away? Go get a fresh cut. Go to the barber. Maybe it's my wardrobe. Maybe my wardrobe looks like 2000 and it's 19 years later. I, I, I have a group of friends where they were joking and saying that at the age of 37, a man will wear the clothing at that age, 37, for the rest of his life. And they were all laughing and joking because they had been wearing the same clothes for the last, you know, couple of years. <laughs> so it, we all have something to do to prepare for that time. And most importantly, how do you maintain that relationship with that soulmate? Hey, we all know, and let's stick with it, the term soulmate. A lot of people, to them, soulmate means the person that they're going to marry. Not one person in here that loves sports, that loves athletics, would want to see your favorite quarterback, your favorite NHL superstar, your favorite runner, your favorite basketball player on camera say, you know what? I just won this game. So, I mean, I don't see any need to practice anymore this race. I don't see the need to practice anymore because, I mean, I can pretty much just walk into the championship. I'm not going to work out anymore. I'm not going to eat right. I'm not going to use the restroom. My system is perfect the way it is. Nothing needs to go in or out. It's perfect the way it is. I don't need to eat anything. I don't need to change a thing. It's perfect today. So I'm just going to let it ride on out. I'm not going to answer any phone calls. I'm not going to text anybody back. I'm just going to leave everything exactly the way it is today. Now, mind you, now in the track and field world, especially in the 100 meters, nothing is guaranteed. I mean, in the era that I grew up in, I watched guys and girls pull hamstrings all the time. We've gotten a lot better at that. We've gotten a lot better at taking care of ourselves. Um, now it's it's more accepted to weigh less as a 100-meter runner versus being over 190 and 180. Now guys are more comfortable being lean, which is very important. 
But if you aren't up for the challenge and ready to eat, to sleep, to practice, to push every day and have a good system, have a good mind, have a good body, you're not going to last very long. So we understand that maintenance as an athlete is everything. How many times did we practice this play that won us the Super Bowl? How many times did we pass the ball to get it to this player to shoot? We just watched the women, the women's world, uh, world championship. Our women beat the Netherlands, and it was pretty much an execution. It was crazy. And when you beat teams that are that good as if they're not even you know, playing, when you beat teams that are that good, it shows a maintenance, a level of communication and strategy that proves that this team knew what it takes knew what it would take to win and did what it would take to win. And I mean, there's books out there that explain the love languages. They explain how it is and what planet you're from. (laughs) They explain these things. So if you're going to put gas in your car, if you're going to go get your oil change every three months or 3000 miles, If you know that going to the doctor, he says you need to be eating this and not that. So people are going to tell you how to take care of your body. We understand the body and what looks good, what doesn't, what helps and what doesn't. We understand for our cars, you got to rotate those tires. You need new tires. You got a nail in your tire. We understand how to maintain our car. We understand how to maintain our body. But when it comes to a relationship, we throw all that stuff that helped us keep that car running smooth, keep that body chiseled six pack, world fitness, bodybuilding champion. We throw all that out. But when we see it happen on the football field, on the basketball court, with a track team, with an athlete, with a tennis player, as a golfer, in hockey, in bowling, in gymnastics, in swimming and diving. The whole world of track and field is built on great relationships, application, and maintenance. So why is it that we understand it so well in all these other places? Especially restaurants and business. But we don't understand it in our most important relationships. So to me, the maintenance of that soulmate Preparing for that soulmate and finding that soulmate really has everything to do with how you will prepare yourself and maintain your opportunities. I'm sorry, prepare for your opportunities. So maybe these people that we're saying are soulmates are actually people who are better prepared for relationships, better prepared for what they want out of each other. I mean, am I wrong? There are plenty of hot women and men on this planet. But only a few of them can walk around saying they're soulmates. And there are plenty and amazing great men and great women that although they aren't on the cover of these magazines, I could tell you honestly, are soulmate 
candidate soulmate material. And when I see them together holding hands or close to each other at the movies or close to each other on the couch, I'm like, that's your soulmate material. Are they, you know, great at work? Are they great communicators? Are they great maintenance people? Do they maintain things well at work? I would go as far as to say that these people that have great relationships at home with their, you know, quote unquote, husband, wife, soulmate, also probably do so, you know, at work. Now, that's not saying that if you're divorced, you can. It's not saying that. But I am saying there is something a little bit more to it. Maybe they're more open. Maybe they're more giving. Maybe they're more kind. Maybe they're more understanding to get that maintenance and to attract that right attention and to find that soulmate. So that's all I got. I love you all. I hope you love me back. I, uh, wow. I really want to thank you all for all the energy and time that you've given me. I will give you more. I will keep pushing. I will keep trying. I will keep giving. And uh, yeah, I'll see you soon. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Talk to you later.